Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, thanks for this opportunity. We are so blessed to be in your house. We ask you to guide us and lead us to walk in your perfect will. We are grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, this afternoon, we are going to look at what I call spiritual determinants. Solomon called it time and chance. Ecclesiastes chapter Nine. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 11 11 what does it say I returned and I saw under the sun That the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. Amen. Amen. But time and chance happeneth to them all. All right? Now here, Solomon was explaining that... He noticed that even though some people were fast and some people were strong and some people were wise and some people had understanding and some people had favor, yet there seemed to be some other factors that were affecting the outcome of people's lives. Amen. Amen. And those other factors he called time and chance happeneth to them all. Amen. Amen. These two factors neutralize all the other five determining factors which are the commonest determinants that we have like the com- the thing that commonly determines how your life will come are speed strength wisdom understanding and skill isn't it all right these things determine what you can do and what becomes of you all right 
but there are other things that determine our lives. And those are what he called, he couldn't see what it was, and he called it time and then chance. But we as spiritual people know that what looks like chance is often nothing else but the maneuver of an angel. The moving into position of an angel. Wow. It's often what somebody will call chance. For instance, when uh, Isaac was looking for a beloved. His father, Abraham, said, the Lord will send his angel before you and help you to find a beloved. So, in the first love church, we find beloveds through angels and through the help of angels. Wow. Is it fantastic? Yeah. I don't know what strategy you use for your, for your beloved. But in this church, maybe you've just come, but here we use angels to find beloveds. Amen. But somebody may have said it's coincidence or it was coincidence. You get it? Because of... Um, the fact that when Eliza got to the well, the first girl he saw, the first person he saw in the town was um, Rebecca, who was exactly from the family that Abraham wanted. You know? And so, it looked like chance. Like, I mean, how can the first person I see you know, so it, it, it depends on how you see things. And so what I'm trying to explain to you is that there are spiritual things that also determine. So now I want us to look at somebody whose life turned out quite fantastically. And I want us to see what determined the outcome of his life. And that person is found in Genesis and is found in chapter 12. But we should actually start from 11. Verse 26. And Terah lived for 70 years and begot three boys Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. Okay? Three boys. There are some people who have three sons. Bishop Saki is one of those people. He had three sons. It's a common 
thing. Three boys, three girls. It's something that happens. So those who keep trying, usually you see five girls, five boys, and so on. But it's one of the things that happens in this life. Alright? Now, these are the generations of terror. Alright? Terror begat Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. Right? And Haran begat Lot. Haran died. Three boys, one died. But he had a son before he died. Alright? And he died in verse 28. Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his nativity in Ur of the Chaldees. And Abraham, the two remaining boys, okay, took wives. Abraham's wife was Sarah, and Nahor's wife was Milcah. Okay? Now, Milcah, all right, the daughter of Haran, all right, the father of Milcah and the father of Ishcha. But Sarah was barren. Milcah was having children. Now, Terah took Abraham his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarah, his daughter-in-law, and his son, Abraham's wife, and they went forth from Ur of Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran. You know, they keep mentioning, is Ghana playing a match? Chelsea. Go into the land of Canaan, and they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were two hundred and five years, and Terah died. Okay? Anytime somebody dies, um, and you are spiritual, it will never be just a death. There's always some kind of meaning. You don't just die. The Bible says the death of a saint is precious in the eyes of the Lord. People don't just die. If you were to just die, you would have been killed long time ago by the demons. Who can kill in the physical? We don't just die. So remember that. And so the Bible says that Abraham, Terah, died. That's Abraham's father. Now, you see chapter 12, after Abraham's father died, God was now going to speak to Abraham. Alright? And in chapter 12, verse 1, the Bible says, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years when he departed out of Haran. And Abraham took Sarah his wife. And Lot 
his brother's son and all their substance and all that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran and they went forth into the land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan they came and Abraham passed through the land unto the place of Sichem and unto the plain of Moreh. And the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abraham in verse 7 and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and high on the east, and built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, the first spiritual determinant is your calling. Right? Your call. So, God, your, your life is greatly determined by the call of God on your life. Amen. Amen. It determines what you become and what you do. And so everybody must be particularly um, concerned about the call. The call, the specific call. Now, the Bible says many are called. The Bible does not say few are called. You see, most of us have some kind of calling on our lives. No matter what you do, many are called. I didn't write the Bible. If I was to write the Bible, I would write few are called. Or some are called. But in more than one place, the Bible says many are called. Do you see? Now, your obedience to your calling determines a large part of your life. And it even determines your death, according to Kenneth Hagin. Wow. Now, I mean, my life is a good example of the fact that I'm standing here because of the call of God on my life, not because I like Legon or because I want to, I mean, I don't know what, but the call of God has made me to be here today preaching to you. Amen. Amen. And this call is very, very important. And so, all of us here, you know, Thank God for speed. If you are fast in disobeying God, let's say God has called you this way, and you are speedily going the other way, that speed is not helping you, it's going the opposite. If God has called you, and you are making yourself strong in the opposite things from what God has called you, it's not going to make the outcome of your life different. If God has called you and you are developing great understanding and wisdom in so many other things except in the call, it's not going to help you. If God has called you and you are developing understanding 
and skills in another department from what God has called you, it's not going to help you. So, what we don't realize, dear friends, is that there are spiritual things that determine the outcome. Now, you did not come to church to get a lecture on economics, a lecture on uh, strategies for development, management skills. You can get that at Gimpa. Or you can get that in this school here. It's the best school. This is the best school we have in Ghana. Do you understand? So, you can have it here. But when you come to church, you come to learn about God. You come to learn about things which are not obvious. And learn more about the God who made heaven and earth. Now, why is it that your calling determines many things? I want you to listen. Because outside of your body and outside of where you are now, where you can see, are spirits and angels. Angels and evil spirits. Plenty. Plenty of them. You know, I did not used to believe much in these things. Because I didn't grow up in a superstitious home. My home was not superstitious or even very religious. It took an encounter once when I was casting out devils from a a young girl. I didn't know that this girl was... um, uh, I don't even remember her name actually, but it was quite an event in our school. Can you imagine a school like this? And there is a big assembly. And then the Catholic priest of the school is administering mass. Then a little girl stands up and starts. Put down the communion. Your hands are dirty. Yeah. Your hands are dirty. Kneel down. All of you kneel down. And everybody in the church, kneel down. Yeah. I tell you, it started to happen in the school practically. And this girl will stand up in the church and prophesy. And as soon as she prophesies, everybody is afraid. Kneel down, stand up. Do this, and the priesthood, he'll be doing his teacher. Stop! Filthy hands! You are dirty. And the guy will put the thing down and follow her instructions. But I was on another compound. Do you see? I was on another compound. So I had not seen it before, but I heard of that this was going on. Then I came one day to that compound. And I was in a service. And then she got up. You. I went to her. And I held her. I said, come. And I took her. To. I took her. To a room. An underground room. And I started. 
to pray. And when I started to pray, demons started to manifest. Yeah. With names. Yeah. Not knowing that it was a spirit that was speaking through her. Yeah. And he was controlling the service. So, we started to cast out the devils. One after the other, they were coming out. I'm not a religious man, no. spiritual, superstitious, no. But I saw it with my eyes. I couldn't believe it. The demons, one demon came out. My name is procrastination. That is delaying things that you have to do. Laziness, different names. Until last. When she said, when the spirit said last, using the, the mouth, when the spirit said last, I tell you, she suddenly became like some voluptuous. <laughs> hey! Delicious. I said she was naked, but she was wearing exactly the same clothes. That's how I know that. You see, when a lot of men like you and a lot of men want to sleep with you, a lot of boys want to sleep with you, it's not that you are beautiful. It's not that you are beautiful. Yes. No. Demons are dancing in your flesh and they are calling the boys. Yeah. Oh, now they're beautiful, but it's demons. And remember, she who strikes you has been struck. Oh, yeah. Oh, but you see, one after the other, till the last one. And the last one refused to come out for some hours. We were there. But the next day, the next day, this thing was over. I had a sensation in my body from here. Divided my body into two. All the side was like, as if I had an electric shock. Yeah. It was like power had gone out of me and the side was like it had had an electric shock for one or two days. I remember. Now these entities, these beings, they are real. And they are, they are ruling this world. This world is being ruled by the devil. He has some legal rights. I don't know exactly how, but we all have theories. You know, if you have a house, that's why some people look and say, before you are going to rent a house, they say, this type of people, when you rent your house to them, your house will get spoiled. This type of people, when you rent your house to them, it will not be okay for you. This type of people, I know one brother, he, lent, he rented his house to some Chinese people. They spoiled the whole house. So when he came, he said, never rent your house to Chinese. It will not be good. <laughs> Every group, they have something to say about them after they rent their house. Now, when you've rented your house, you get it, after one year, when you go back and you've rented for two years, you cannot sack them. So they are legally, they're doing things you don't like. Mm-hmm. So Satan seems to have some legal reason that he's here. And we all believe that it was when Adam obeyed him, because he was the first man, that it's like, it meant that Adam switched his allegiance rather to Lucifer. 
you know, and then we sort of came under an evil power. Now, when you look at the way the world is, I mean, there must be some evil power working. I was watching these uh, people who are beheading. I watched it on the laptop. I couldn't believe my eyes. They make them kneel down like this. And they speak to Obama. And they say, yesterday when you sent the bombers to bomb, that was my end. They decided to kill me yesterday when you sent the bombers. Obama, why? I'm a dead man because you have sent them. You are spoiling the world. And then the guy standing by with a British accent. This is in England or Australia. Speaks. He said, yes, you have killed him. And he goes to stand behind him with an, a small knife that they used to cut onions. And cut small like this and cut the head off. Off the head. And you see the, the, the head, the, the blood burst out because of your heart. Your heart is just here. Burst out all over the man's head. And they put the head on them. This is what they are doing. They are doing it in Nigeria. They are doing it in Iraq. They are doing all this. And they are killing people. And you ask yourself. Are they human beings? I watched some of them. They have cut off somebody. They said they put the head on the table. And they said they are giving him bread. Eat this bread before you go to hell. They said eat it. And they were putting the bread in his mouth. After they have cut off his head. Human beings. The wickedness that is in this world. And when you look at Ghana, look at Nigeria, look at... I mean, you ask yourself, why is the world the way it is? One of their nuclear bombs can develop all the roads in Ghana. One of their bombs. So, that, that, that is why I don't believe in the song which says, He's got the whole world... In his hands, he's got the whole wide world. In his hands, he's not got the whole world. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 that the devil is the God of this world. Now you see, God so loved us so much that he would not allow the devil to take all of us to hell. Do you understand? Yeah, he really loves us. I mean, we are, we are his creation. And Lucifer is here. You see, Lucifer is, is, you see, I'll tell you something. You know, recently I was thinking about it. Why is Lucifer free? Why is he so free? How come he's moving around and seem to be doing things, spoiling the world? We are going from one war. Some people are saying we are experiencing the third world war now, but it's in pieces. Why is he free? But I thought about it. You see, I have had People that have worked with me before. People that have worked for me. And they have worked with me in the ministry. And a time came when some of them became negative towards me. Some criticized me, attacked me, threatened me, did so many things. And I remember one guy, I said, go out of the church. And different people said, you can't stay here. Some of them left themselves. Now since they left, even though they, some of them seemed to even hate me. One guy said, I'm going to write a book about you. You cannot stay in Accra. I said, wow. But even though these guys are, have left me, they are still in town. Freely moving around. Because 
They have not done anything that makes them worthy of death. Oh, you, you understand what I'm saying? So I have people in town who, dis, who hate me passionately. When you talk to them, you see them saying things. And, you, it, and it's like, they, yes, and they are entitled to their opinion. And they, they don't have to die, they won't die. They are going to move around freely breathing. Eating, drinking. Because they, they have a legal right to be here. And they have a right to their own opinion. And there's nothing they have done that needs them to die now. Now, Lucifer was also one of the princes in heaven. There was Michael, and there was Gabriel, and we know from other books there was Raphael, and uh, Uriel, and there was Lucifer. They, They are brothers. They are brothers. There are people who fought against me, and I've left the church. When they were living there, it was other brothers, fellow people who am I also appointed, who even fought them and said, go out. And the same thing happened in heaven. The angel said, go out. Don't, God, God didn't fight with Lucifer. It was the angels who fought with fellow angels. Otherwise, there would be no fight. God would just breathe. And be gone. <laughs> Now, these beings are freely moving around. Yeah. Deceiving people and taking people to hell. I was reading one person, a, a vision. They were taking the person through hell. He said, this, he said, we have hell is in sections. He said, these are the section where those who didn't believe in God. This is where they are. He said, they go mad when they come here and they find... Lucifer was talking. He said, they go mad when they come here and they find out that I was real. This is what... They, they, they can't start... They, they, they go mad when they find out that I was real. Lucifer was speaking. He said, they are all here. They, they, they go mad when they realize that I was real. That is why it's a very dangerous thing to tell a lie. Because when you tell a lie, you are joining Lucifer. He's the father of lies. And he's a murderer. He's a big murderer. Yeah, big time. So the, all this murdering, you see, if you can see the presence of Satan. Any major killer of this world, you can see Satan. Stalin, when he was dying, his eyes were glazed like marbles. And he was looking at his, his daughter described the hatred that was in his eyes. He used to create lists of people that he was killing. If Hitler killed 20, he killed 40. Yeah. So these Luciferian armies, they are in the system. You know, and they are working to destroy you, but especially to deceive you. One of the places that Lucifer and the other princes are hate most is a place like this like where you come and then they are being exposed hey, it's like you will know about him that he's there that's why Paul said we are not ignorant of the devices of the devil we are not ignorant it's like he hates places where they expose him and he's exposed now as you've been born into this world you are virtually destined for hell except there is an intervention. Yeah. And thank God. Eh? 
Now one of the places that demons work through is through sex. Because you see, our sexual desires and drives, eh, it's like there's no explanation. And when you are young, your sexual desire unites with your mind. So it's called united forces. So it's like your thinking and your desires are united. You are not able to separate, but as you grow older, your mind separates from your desires. Then at a point you realize that you are thinking this and you're, it is actually just your flesh with desires. And you tell your flesh, oh no, this is not any wild thing. But when you are younger, it's like your whole being is united in the desire. Hey, God. <laughs> United forces. Yeah. That's why you see a girl who has, who has not fallen in love before. When she falls in love, she gets one guy to fall in love with her. So you see that it's your united forces are working. It's like her mind doesn't work at all. It's like nothing works. But later on, as she grows, you see that the unity is broken. And then your desire for a husband is separate from your thinking. And you look at it and say, you, you, are, you are just like Joe. You are just like Joe. You are his, the same type of person. Nonsense. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I noticed. You know, as I've grown older, I realize that those desires are separate a bit from my mind. So it's like, I think... And I can see so, and it, look at, look at, look at, look at the flesh. Look at the flesh. Look at what is, look, uh, wow, look, uh, what a shame. <laughs> but when you are younger, you yourself, you say that, I love! <laughs> Your mind is full of smoke, smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Are you listening? Yes. Yeah. So, life cannot be determined in a place where there are princes. People who used to be in heaven and have come down here. You see, because that's actually the beginning of their punishment. They've been sacked from a very nice place. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, but they are free within this place. It's almost like a temporary place. But whilst they are here, look at what they are doing to the country. You can't even believe you. Do you know the name of Ghana? Ghana's name is Gold Coast. I mean, have you ever heard a country called by the name Gold? That's how rich and powerful we were. And look at our dollars and CDs now. It's fantastic. And your mobile. But a nice thing is spot and you can't even understand speed because Ghana had speed. We are the first to be independent. Wow, we were strong. Make our nation great and strong. Yes, bold to defend forever. The force of freedom and of right. We are we are one of the strongest. Even even. Militarily wise, I mean, we are stronger than at least Togo. <laughs> and I'm sure we are stronger than Benin. Do you get what I'm saying? Cote d'Ivoire, I'm not so sure. 
and then they had one plane, it was bombed. Uh, we have we have more. And President Rollins is a good fighter. And we are stronger than Burkina. We are we are a strong nation. We are a strong nation. We are stronger than Liberia, Sierra Leone, all those countries. We are stronger. Mali, all of them. I mean, we are not bad. We are not bad at all. So, speed. We had it. Strength. Wisdom and understanding. This one of the oldest universities. Yeah. In, 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 this, in this region. Perhaps the other university which is maybe older was Fura Bay College in Sierra Leone. My father went to that school. Yeah, Fura Bay College. It's up on a, on a, on a mountain in Freetown. But education, Ghana has exported educated people, men of wisdom and understanding. Even recently when I went to Botswana, I met somebody. What, what were they doing there in Botswana? They were, I think, lawyers or doing something for the country. Many places you go, the Ghanaian teachers, judges. My father used to go to Gambia to help them with their legal work. He worked in Gambia. He would fly to Gambia and work for them. They employed lawyers and judges. You find you go to the chief justice in the country, is a Ghanaian. Oh yeah. Ghana is a nation of wisdom and understanding. I mean, democracy. We are the light of democracy in Africa. Yes. People have election and then they fight. We don't do that. No, no, no. Eh? We go to court. We have the Supreme Court with nine judges. Whatever the judges say, we accept it. We accept it. I mean, what kind of country is a great country? That for Ghana. We have. God bless our homeland, Ghana. And make our nation great and strong. We also have skill. Yes, a lot of skills. Doctors. Doctors, we have very good doctors who work all over the world. Lawyers. Even United Nations General Secretaries, we have some. We are not bad at all. We are not bad at all. But how come? (laughs) Because there are other things that determine how things become. Yeah. So, So, young lady, you may be fast in thinking, beautiful, strong, nice, wise, whatever, but... Some other spiritual factors do determine the outcome of your life. And the reason is that there are wild spirits here who are not going to allow you to just move naturally forward. If you ask me at my age, right, of just over 50, how can I describe my life and my ministry? I will call it the greatest struggle and fight. Yes. And in fact, when I was going to write uh, my, uh, my biography, I, I decided to call it my struggle. Then later on, I found that Adolf Hitler 
had called his biography Mein Kampf, which means my struggle. When I saw that, I said, I beg you, change the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because but but the truth is that how can I describe my life? It's just a struggle. But it, it may not look like that, but that is it. Yeah. It's one battle after the other up till today. Yeah. And your life is not going to be any different. Even now you can see many can see that it has started yeah it has started you can feel it isn't it yeah so now you have to ask yourself what is it that can greatly navigate you and deliver you from powers of darkness and one is the call of God and your obedience to God's call on your life yeah the obedience to God's call So, I want you to all be aware that actually, many people are called. Many, many. Don't think few people, God calls few people. If you were God, and you had 7 billion people in this world that you wanted to help, would you call just a few people? No. You would call many people and ask them to do something to help. And the many people who are called are not called to do one thing. They are called to do many different things because there are many jobs in God's vineyard. If you can get God to employ you, eh? if you can get God to employ you, you get what I'm saying? Charlie, you are covered. Because you'll be, you'll be God's employee. That is why when there is a problem in, uh, in the United States Officials and employees, they evacuate them. Yeah. In Rwanda, when the thing became serious, the U.S. ambassador and everybody who worked for them and who was for them, they were all evacuated in a large convoy. They couldn't sit on a plane because they were afraid that when they take off, the guys who use the um, air to RPG, what is it called? Rocket propelled or no, not even that he, they will use the SFS to air missile to, to, to shoot them down because that's how they shot down their pre, the Rwandan president so they, they couldn't sit on a plane so they drove out in a wild military convoy from Kigali and after, as soon as they drove out the massacre started, one million people were killed yeah, they drove out in a convoy but they took everybody that belonged to them That is if you can become a U.S. citizen, an employee. But it's not easy because you know where you are from. (laughs) But I have somebody greater than the United States. I said I have somebody greater than the United States. Who can employ you? Hallelujah. And if he employs you to work for, do something for him, and you become of great interest to him, you'll be surprised that he can take care of you and help you and navigate you through your life. I want to work for him. I said I want to work for him. How many also want to work for him? One way or another, I want to do something for him. 
I want to be in his good books And I want to work for him And I want to do something for him That's why we encourage you to come to Carnival That's why we encourage you to preach That's why we encourage you to pray That's why I encourage you to do something for God And not just sit there And just do nothing Yeah Because you never know God may have some Great blessing For you You know This morning I was preaching at the Kodesh And I showed them a DVD And that DVD There is a girl Who was on the DVD I I didn't even realize That I sat by her A doctor but when she was in medical school here, Kolebu, she used to come with us for crusades with the team, other guys. Remember? She used to come. But I didn't even know she was, because somebody sent me a picture and a story of she's the only survivor of Ebola virus. Yeah, because she got the Ebola virus. She was in the hospital and the patient came. The patient's name is Patrick Sawyer from Liberia. And he came there. He came, said fever, he's not feeling well, so they checked. You know, a doctor, you would touch the patient. Took their blood pressure, this, this, that, malaria, blood for malaria, parasite, whatever. And then they saw fever, not fever. Oh, it's not malaria. Okay, check for HIV, check for this, nothing. Then they saw that the guy started diarrhea. Hey, three times, four times. And when this doctor came, he had gone to the toilet and come and he had removed the drip, so the drip was on the bed. He said, why is the drip here? So, so she held the drip, put it up there. And then after some time, they send the blood to WHO something. They came back, Ebola confirmed. All the doctors sat down in a room. Did you touch? Did you touch? Then they said, no. Me, I only held the drip. This was, I only held the drip once. This was, the one who certified that he was dead was this girl. And she said, I used two pairs of gloves. So I'll, I'll be okay. Then they gave everybody thermometers. They said, check your temperature every day. So they were checking. 36. 36. <laughs> 37. <laughs> Check again. 38.4. Check again. 40. Aye. They came to take their blood. When they took it, they brought the results. They said, uh, the, the results are not clear, so please come. So, ah, come because the results are not clear. When she went, there was an ambulance was came, and the ambulance driver was not friendly. The people were not friendly. So they stood back. It's like, enter. <laughs> oh, not a joke. It is not a joke. Yeah, in Lagos. Enter the car. And they drove to another place. They said, you are, you are confirmed. You, are, you have Ebola. When she entered the place, here is the other nurse. Here is her boss, the consultant, the doctor. All of them were there. Lying there. Then she started Diarrhea. There was a one man who was looking at her. I don't know, maybe he has had Ebola before, but he survived. He was a white man. And they all said, open your mouth. When they opened the mouth, the mouth was white. I said, this Ebola mouth, it's white. 
she was going to toilet until she couldn't even go and come. So they, they were diapers, like babies. Yeah. And on and on, drinking, 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 drinking. Her boss died, this one died, everybody. And she was the only one after 14 days. They bathed her with chlorine. She came out. You are free of Ebola. Yeah. Now listen. Why? 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 What determines? You may not know. But maybe. Maybe the love that she showed. That even as a medical student. While she was in school. Going to KJB. Coming back. Going to Salaga. For crusade, volunteering. Yeah, if I show you the picture, you see her sitting there. Yeah, like that. You never know what determines. I'm talking about determinants. Curtis, are you listening to what I'm, I'm talking about? What determines the life of Curtis? It's more than speed, it's more than strength, it's more than wisdom and understanding. There are spiritual things that determine. And one of the ways is sometimes there can be something just here called Lucifer's brother. And you are heading towards it with speed and with strength. And then you hear a call to the left. My son! My son! Come this way! Somebody that should stand up to call me. Is it Elinam or Elinam? Elinam, stand here and call. Stand and call me just with your hand like this. Stand there. Call me. Shout my son and call me. Uh huh. <laughs> but I'm going here. <laughs> Is she behaving like God? Uh, you'll be pondered. Where are you going? Stand there and call. Uh huh. What should I do? <laughs> Hey. And God is calling me now. God is calling me to go this way instead of this way. And Lucifer is waiting there. Yeah. And then I I start to go. Okay. Ah, we will not stand there. Wow. Do you have blessings for me? Give me your blessings, your iPads. Oh, and your back. Wow. What a blessing God has given to me. Wow. I never thought I would have such blessings. Huh? Uh, on this road, there was nothing. Just dryness. Emptiness. Huh? Lucifer was even waiting over there. So when you start to obey God, do you get it? You start to move away from certain evils. Oh yes. Oh yes. I mean, if I had not found Christ when I found him, I'm sure I would have had children before I married. Oh yes. I mean, once I tasted the fruits of delight and voluptuousness, oh, I would have been an abortionist. I would have had children, girlfriends all over the place. Yeah, with so many broken hearts with curses. 
following me. Yeah. But following the call of God, what God says, uh, you don't know. And, 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 and you see, when God called Abraham, he said the calling was, you see, you, some of you, you are so afraid of the call of God. But I want you to, from today to relax. Don't be afraid of that. Let's say God is coming to take something from you. He's coming to take your money or he's coming to take your job or he's coming to take. God doesn't take things from people. God blesses people. God loves people. God helps people. He's rather saving you from something. Yeah. Don't, don't be afraid of God. You see, don't be Judas. Be Peter. When Judas sinned, he was just like Peter. Peter said, I don't know him. Three times. I swear. I say, me, I don't know the guy. All that you are saying is lies. I say, I have nothing to do. Never mention, never associate me. This to be the last time. Never say... I, I, you, 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 you have never. I so I'll slap you if, if, if you say something. You see what will happen to you. That was Peter. Judas realized that he had also fallen into sin and had spent and got money. He went and took the money back to these Pharisees. But why not come back to Jesus and kneel down and say, "Look, Lord, I don't know what overcame me. I've gone to take this money, and I sold you." Oh. Please, can I still be an apostle? Okay, Lord, if I can't be an apostle, or can I be a disciple? Or, or can I be an assistant? I will not even be among the twelve. But it, after, I'm the one who has causes. And Lord Jesus, you know you needed somebody to betray you anyway. You helped. The way it is, you know. If I had not betrayed you, you would not have, you would not have died for the sins of the world. Jesus would have said, get up, foolish boy. Yeah. Wow. But you see, some people are afraid of God. They feel that God, God wants to punish you. God is angry with you. God wants to take your happiness. He wants to take your joy. He doesn't want you to be a happy person. He wants to take money from you. He wants to take life from you. He doesn't want you to smile anymore. He doesn't want you to be happy anymore. No, no, no. You don't understand God. God so loved the world. One day there was a guy on Ghana, one of the radio stations, and he was speaking revenge against the other party or whatever. And somebody called him and told him, because you are not a Christian, that is why you don't have forgiveness. The guy grew wild because he belonged to another religion. He said, you don't understand forgiveness. In Christ, we forgive. And if, if you come to Christ, you will learn how to forgive. Sit down, my dear. Thanks for the call. How can I say thanks? For all you've done for me. Huh? I was living in a world of darkness. And you came along. You came... And you came along and you called me. How can I say thanks for that? Huh? I was living in a world of darkness. You came along and brought me the light. Sing it. But if heaven never was promised to me, neither God's promise to live eternally. It's been worth just having
serving the Lord in my life. I was living in a world of darkness. You came along and brought me the light. I was living in a world of darkness. You came along and brought me the light. You may ask me why I you may ask why I serve the Lord. I want to ask. Is it just for heaven's gain? Mm. Is it because of heaven? Or to walk those mighty streets of gold? Is it to walk in heaven? And to hear the angels sing? Ooh. Is it just to drink from that fountain? Living in a world of darkness, you came along and brought me the light. Yes, I was living in a world of darkness. You came along and brought me the light. Wow. What a blessing. You came along and brought me the light. How can I say thanks? How can I say thanks? How, how can I say thank you? You know, for what God, how can I say that? Uh, come, give, give me a microphone. Do you remember when you were a sinner in the world? Somebody met you in church and the person was surprised. Yes. What did they say? He asked me what I was doing there. What you were doing where? In church. <laughs> you see... He was not expected to be in a church. He was not expected. Why were you not expected in a church? He knew me from before. Can can I have volume on this microphone, please? Are you thinking? Yeah. He had he had he knew me from before. He knew my he knew how my life was before. How was how was your life before? Everything that the church wasn't. Were you, were you a bad boy? Unfortunately, Bishop, I was. Very bad, average, bad, medium. Very bad. Very bad. But 
He came along. Yes, Bishop. He came along. He did come along. Now, tell me how you got saved. You went to church, right? I was in church. You went to a church. I went to a church. Um, I was in, well encouraged to go to a church on a Sunday. And, Your wife, uh, was it a program? My wife had been to a wedding at a church and I wasn't going to church at the time. Do, you, you, on Sundays, you didn't go to church? I wasn't going what to church. What do you do on Sundays? Probably recovering from Saturday. Recovering from Saturday. He was in intensive care on Sunday, recovering from Saturday. And at that time, did you have a job? Yes, I did. Where were you working? I was working in a bank. In a bank? Yes, Bishop. Wow. This is a bank manager. Yeah. And then your wife had been to a wedding. Yes, Bishop. And then... The next week, she said you should go there. She had been trying to encourage us that we should start going to church. You should start going. Your te- wife to also not go to church. Well, she was being a good wife, so as well obeying wife, I should say. As I wasn't going, it was difficult for her also to go. <laughs> wow. Is your wife around? Yes, Michelle. Where is she? <laughs> Wife, come, come. Wife, come. Yeah. That's that's his wife. Yeah. So, and your wife, which school did you go to, please? Wesley Girl. school did you go to? In Fansville. Okay. Please. Listen all. Listen. Then one day you went to the church and what happened? I went to the church under duress because just to please my wife I decided to go along with her. And um, just to, I was I went in very badly dressed just to show I was unhappy to go, but just to go. So I went, and um, the choir when the choir ministered and everything, something different started happening. I can't explain it. So the next time you you dressed badly, I dressed very badly. My shirt open, slippers, a way I don't normally dress. Is that how you dress when you are going to the bank? No, I don't dress. So, but church, you opened your shirt and wore slippers and came because you are an infantipping boy. And you don't, you don't respect, you don't respect God. You've opened your shirt with talewati and you come to the church. Hey! Uh-huh. So, but then... The next Sunday, I, I found myself waking up and thinking about church. So I asked my wife, don't you want to go again? Rather, I actually, actually wanted to go, but I asked her, don't you want to go again? Wow. So she was obviously very eager, so we went. And then after service. After service. So the pastor preached everything and you pastor were just preached everything. Did you wear slippers this time? No, I dressed better this time. You dressed better. Okay. 
And then the first time we went after the church, the pastor had come to speak to us and even, even drove to our house. So after service, I asked my wife to go to the car and I was going to say hello to the pastor in his office. You were going to the pastor's office. Just to say hello to him. Yeah. This so, was your second time. That's right, Bishop. You are a non-church person. Absolutely non-church. Okay. And um, I entered the pastor's office and he was sitting there. I remember very clearly. And as soon as I entered, for some strange reason, I just started crying. You started crying? I just started crying. A big man who opens his shirt and wears challenge water and comes to the church. Okay, you don't fear God. Eh? You don't fear God. Infancy film boy with a Wesley girl's wife. You don't fear God. You see, when he entered the pastor, I, I like I like this testimony. You see, because it shows God. You see, God is catching somebody. There's no explanation. A person who, when he was in church, a person saw him asking, "What are you doing here?" You know, you are not a person to ever go to a church. But you see that God was start, started to save him. Maybe somebody had prayed. So when he entered the pastor's office, he start, you started crying. Started weeping badly. I mean, weeping, weeping. And Bishop, I thought I was a guy, pa. So to weep <laughs> for you to be weeping. Wow. And then what happened? So the pastor was also shocked. And he had like, why are you crying? He was also kind of confused. And you were working in the bank at that time? I was working in a bank. I was working in a bank. Wow. And then after that, the pastor called me to me. And he asked me, why are you crying? I said, I don't know why I'm crying. You don't know. You will not know. You see, because the Holy Spirit was now saving you and drawing you to God. You don't know why. Yeah. A grown up, a grown up, a grown up. Huh? It's the power of God. This man, his father was a priest. Was your father a priest? He was a very senior priest. Yeah. Probably had prayed for his son. That's probably because usually after university, it's not easy to be saved. After university, few get saved like this. Few people come and start crying in their pastors. So they look at you. Yeah. And after that, what happened? The pastor called me towards him and he kind of put his arms around me. And he was trying to find out why. And then I just told him that I just feel that I have to be a better person. And I wanted him to pray for me. So then he led me to Christ in his office. Wow. Is it not a powerful thing? So if God has not made you to cry in his office, in that pastor's office, today, this man will be one of those people when they see that, those churches, that uh, Duncan Williams, uh, Ducky Wadmel, Ducky Wadmel, you see him, that he thinks that was Ducky Wadmel's. <laughs> Have you heard them talking like that before? <laughs> Ducky Wadmel's. That white man. Yeah. Wow. How can I say that? You see, so for me, now you look at yourself. You are going to burn in the lake of fire. And God, through a choir, a choir, you choristers, when you sing, and we don't 
hear or understand what you do like when you were thinking earlier today we didn't understand what we were doing here you see it's very important that you sing in such a way don't you bless the day that you found yes. are you glad about the day that you found him my greatest testimony ah. it's not about my job it's not about my family it's not about anything wow stay around you serving in your house Lord doing your will I don't want to be one of those who leave you those who pretend around you those who forsake you Put your hands together for the day I found you. I blessed the day I found you. And I'm sure Abraham blessed the day God called him and said, Come out of your family, come out of your kindred, come out of that group that you were associated with, and come to be with me. I blessed the day I found him. Me, all my friends were half casts. Yeah. All that we used to do, we go to Tesano Club, swimming, fooling around, go here, go here, riding motorcycles, I mean, horse riding. I had no aspect of God in my life. I blessed the day I found him. I want to stay around him. And how can I say thank you to God? How many Hathcasts do you see like me in the church? I don't know anybody called Pastor Heward Mills apart from... Do you know anybody called Pastor Heward Mills? Have you ever met a pastor called Pastor? God has taken me out of my family and called me out and said, come and do something for me. I bless the day I found you, Lord. I bless the day you called me. And set me apart. So, obeying your calling is very connected 
to becoming what you are supposed to be. It's not by speed at a point, by strength, by this, by that, by wisdom. But like, is there, is, is God, is there something that God has for you to do? Do it. Do it. No matter how small, there are people, you see, that you don't see in my life. They, they, they do so much for me, but you will never see them. You will not know what they do. They will never stand here to preach. But they are so important. Heaven will reveal the part that they played to do what we are doing. Yes. And you see, the guy said, when the choir sang, I had a feeling. That's why the music, you know, the sound, if you have a good sound person, he will let you appreciate the music. And you see that the music touches me. You know, the group I joined, which really affected me, is called Calvary Road. But I fell in love with that group. They came to Achimota School to sing. And there was a girl called Caroline. She sang a song. She sang a song. Jesus, the lover of my life. You need him to. When I heard her sing, I was moved. I was moved. I said, I was moved. And I wanted to join that group. And I went and joined that group. Yeah. And I began to play a little with them. Sing with them, travel with them. But I was moved by the when she sang. It was called Caroline. She sang. And the last verse of her song, I always remember. So friends, don't think you are alone. For Jesus died for you too. I, I just remember that. Friends, so like she was talking to us. So friends. Don't, I was a boy in the school And she was talking I said these singers who sing to the air They sing to the sky They sing around You don't know what they are even saying You get what I'm saying Here was somebody who told me So friends don't think you are alone Jesus died for you too And he's calling all who labor And are heavy laden To come to him Oh I was called That was my calling I tell you What a blessing I said what a blessing Hallelujah. So all of you here, I tell you, there is more to your life. God's call. And what was God called to Abraham? Just come out of this group. Be in a different group. Be in a different group. Come out of their country. Come out and be in a different group. And I will bless you. And I will give you what people are fighting for. I will help you. Me, I'm glad I've served God. I'm glad if I was to go back, I would choose over and over again the same thing to serve the Lord, even younger. <laughs> wow, what a blessing it is. Karen, will you serve the Lord? Will you serve the Lord? Will you, will you, will you listen to God calling you? Huh? God likes you. God loves you. He wants you. All of, all of you here. God really... God and the demons are waiting. Oh, don't believe him. When I speak, then they mix it up and you hear two messages. When I speak, you mix up and you hear three things that are not true. God really loves you and he wants you to come close to him and do something for him also. How can you say thanks for God's kindness to your life? Hey, what a blessing. What a deliverance. So I want everybody here to remember if you don't remember anything, remember that, look, your calling and your obedience to your call determines everything. One time, Kenneth Hagin, 
He's, he's, he's the person who has influenced me more than anybody. He said he was on a stage, you know, with uh, the stage was very polished. And as he was preaching, he put his leg on uh, a machine that was by the pulpit. That, that's what they were using to record messages in those days. When he put his leg on it, it slid on the stage like this. And he fell down on his elbow. And the elbow dislocated. But he didn't know. So he got up and continued preaching. But after church, the whole arm was swollen. And there was a nurse there who knew, who worked with an orthopedic surgeon. And he said, I think we should go. So they went to the hospital. And on the way, a voice came in the car and said, I will speak to you about this tomorrow. They had an emergency surgery for his hand. And in the afternoon, he was lying in his bed and he heard some footsteps. So he looked out of the door and he saw somebody wearing sandals. He could see the toes coming. So he thought it was one of the nurses. He said the door opened and Jesus Christ walked through the door like that. He said that his hair almost stood up. He was frightened. And he came round the bed and pulled a chair. He pulled a chair and sat by him. And said, I've come to talk to you about what happened yesterday. And the summary of what he told me, he said that, don't be angry that I've allowed, that I allowed the devil to hurt you yesterday. He said, if I had not allowed it, I would never have got your attention. I allowed it to get your attention. Some things happened to get your attention. He told him that you would have died by the age of 55. He gave him the age that he would die. He said, death is supernatural. He said, by 55 you'll be gone. Because I called you to do this and you are doing this. Ladies and gentlemen, Your call determines even your life. May you follow the call of God and obey what God has for you. How many are ready to obey God and live for God? Stand to your feet, everybody. Wow. Let us pray. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you are here this evening, afternoon, you want to give your life to God, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, Pastor, pray with me. I want God to come into my life. If you are here like that, you want to give your life to God. I don't know who you are, but I tell you, this is your chance to be saved. Like the brother was saying, he is saved. He's saved. And today, God wants to save you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You want to be saved. You want your sins to be washed away. Pastor, pray with me. I want to change from today. I want to give my life to Jesus. If you are here like that, lift your right hand. Just your right hand. Stand there, but lift up your right hand. God bless you. God bless you. Lift it up high. I see your hands. I see your hand. I see your hand. So many hands. God bless you. I want, my, I want Jesus to come into my heart and I want to change my life from today. 
God bless you. I see all your hands. I see your hands. So many hands. Now, you are here and you are a Christian, but not a serious Christian. And you also want to be a serious Christian. Lift up your hand also right now. I'm a Christian, but I'm not serious. But I want to be serious and take God's word and God's calling seriously. Lift up your hand. Also lift up your hand. All those who have lifted your hand, come to me in the front. Just come from where you are to the front. Other cross. Come, come and stand here. I want to pray with you. your hands up and say this prayer with me talk to God everybody just pray to God tell God I am giving you my life today tell God I'm giving you my heart today come into my heart change me make me solid make me new forgive me for my sins tell God just pray on your own in your own words I want to follow you God I want you to change me I want you to help me I don't want to follow the devil I don't want to fall into the arms of the devil please save me and help me thank you thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you thank you you. pray I want to be a serious Christian from this day help me Holy Spirit Give me grace in Jesus' name. Now, say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. I'm sorry for my mistakes. Today I give my life to you. I'm sorry. Please come into my heart. Come into my heart and stay there. Change me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. I give my life to you. From today, I will follow Jesus. I will serve Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Cleanse me. Wash me. Cleanse me with the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today. Lift your hand and say, I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. In Jesus' name. Please write my name in the book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. If you are here and you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't yet speak in tongues, also come. I want to pray with you. It's very important. You don't yet speak in tongues. You can join them. All right.
Father, thank you for all these that are also desiring your Holy Spirit. Fill us and let us be greatly established in your will. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we are going to close the service in a few minutes. When we close, right, all of you in front here, I'm going to sit at the, just at the steps over here to wait for you. When you finish, just come there and you see me for five minutes. I'm going to give you one of my books. Pray with you and then you are off. So please don't go until you see. Are you serious about God? Are you serious? Yeah, I can see this gentleman is crying. Oh, he's not crying. He's crying. Yeah. Look, God is touching hearts. How many are touched by the testimony of our brother? Yeah, it's God's power. I, I, I love when I hear I can see the power of the Holy Spirit It's like God is calling you God is calling you Out of all your bad boys And girlfriends And he's saving you What a blessing In Jesus name Amen So please after church Just see me there Five minutes And you are on your way God give them a mighty clap offering You may be seated Alright, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord Now Yeah Now We are going to start a new Thing where on the First Sunday Of the month We have a special joint service With all the All the first love churches and branches we have it at the same time it will be the same time sister, but all of them will be coming because not, not everybody comes here but on that Sunday everybody's going to come so it's going to be a fantastic glory service glory service glory glory hallelujah how many are blessed in the first love church hey is God teaching you something are you learning something about God are you glad to be in the house of the Lord how many are glad that you are saved? Me, yeah, I'm so happy you, to be saved. It's what makes me happy that I'm saved. Yeah. Because I came from a good family. I had this, I had this, I had it, but I didn't have Christ. So to have Christ is everything for me. Amen. Now, we are going to receive our offering. Amen. Many of you were not here when we took the first offering. You were now coming. So, you have to give extra. And I want you to give your best and your first to the Lord. Our offering takes exactly one minute. But if you have your tithes, that one doesn't take one minute. That one takes three minutes. If you have your tithes or 10% of what the Lord will give to you, come to the front right now with it. And let me pray. That is supposed to take three. Even if you don't have an envelope, just come. With it in your hand, it doesn't matter. We pray over it. Well, envelope or no envelope, it's still the money that counts. The envelope will throw it away and you keep the money. One of these days, we are going to be announcing a project for First Love Church building. Amen. Are you excited about that? Would you like it to be air conditioned or without air conditioning? How many want something modern? Ah, keep your faith 
tuned on. God is going to use you and bless you. Amen. Lift up your offering. Father, which art in heaven, bless us as we present our tithes to your house in a special way. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, put it in the basket. Now, everybody else, take out your offering. Offering. What do I mean by offering? Money. Give something good. Don't accept to be the poverty chairman of your community. Amen. You are a blessed person. And I don't see why you should be the chairman of all poor people in your community. Can I have an amen? Amen. So take out a very good offering. And let me pray over it. Lift it up and let us pray over your offering. Let us pray over your offering. Father, thanks so much for this great offering. You have blessed us to present to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. If I give my love to you, uh, what will you do with it? If I show you such love, that's what Jesus is asking today. What will you do with that love? Huh? Wow. Person I love so dearly. I wanna know if it all means nothing to you. What I'm saying doesn't touch you. Don't you care about what I care for? See the reason why I'm asking this question is that you take it so lightly, and you take me so lightly. If I give my life for you, will you?
Died on the cross for sinners. See the reason why I'm quoting the scriptures because it seems you've forgotten all about them. If I give my life for you, will you give your life for me? And if I die for you, will you die for me too? If I shed my blood for you, what will you do with it? Will you despise my blood or will you treasure it? If I give my life for you, will you give your life for me? Take my love for granted And do you know How long I've been waiting Have I waited in vain for nothing It seems like you never really love me See the reason why I'm speaking this way Cause you broke my heart You took me for granted If I give my life for you, will you give your life for me? And if I die for you, will you die for me too? If I shed my blood for you, what will you do with it? Will you despise my blood or will you treasure it? If I give my life for you, What will you do with it? If I give you my love, will you love me back? And if I shed my blood, shed you, my blood what will you do with it? Will you despise my precious blood, or will you dishonor me?
God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.